0: welcome to teaming for well-being brought to you by the Trading and technical assistance center at virginia tech where our mission is to improve educational opportunities and contribute to the success of children and youth with disabilities we do this by supporting and building up the educators who work with them you we are your hosts project coordinators
1: natalie may and jen baldwin Join us as we talk about tools, tricks, and tips to help positively impact the social, emotional, and behavioral needs of your students, as well as keeping you healthy.
0: This week on Teaming for Wellbeing, we're talking about executive functions. We hear about it often, but I think it starts best with the definition. Executive function describes a set of cognitive processes and mental skills that help an individual plan, monitor and successfully execute their goals. These processes can be put into two categories typically. You got regulation
1: and organization. Yeah, I think it's important to know that those are there are two categories you need to think about and you'll you'll hear a little bit more in terms of what all those things mean in just a few minutes. But I read an article, Natalie, uh, what's executive function and why does it matter? Um, It was actually a transcript of a video that Edutopia put together about what is executive function. So I love that definition, but this analogy they came up with executive function is the brain's air traffic controller. That, that is a great picture. You you can see the visual, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a tangle of things coming in and out thoughts and impulses and, and your brain steers them to hopefully productive outcomes, right? Because executive function is what you need to be able to plan, set a goal, and then achieve that goal, and regulate the emotions and monitor yourself as you do that. And if you think about that, like I struggle with that, and I'm a grown adult. Oh my goodness! I mean, every day. Like it, it's so. If you really think about it, executive functioning skills are very complex. Very complex.
0: I really like that uh, the the air traffic controller because you think about. Well, yeah, it's easy. Planes taking off, planes landing. But what about emergency landings? What about weather delays? All these things happen on our day to day in our life. And it's, it's such a lot happening at once. Yeah. And how do you manage it? How do you organize it? Um, so, executive functioning can actually impact about seven different areas that Jen's going to describe in a little bit. But these functions develop over time and generally in order. So, when she talks about them, number one through seven, you know, as you're younger, you're going to re- develop those skills first. And then the ones at the end of the list will take more years to do so. It actually starts around age two and can take until age 30, 30. to reach all seven. 30, 30 friends. people, 30. Um, and if you are neuro- neurodiverse or work with students and young people that are neurodiverse, it can take them 30 to 40% longer than their peers from transitioning from one executive function To the next. I mean, that's like mind-blowing. It truly. honestly, Because, I mean, we work with kids mostly, you know, birth to 22. But, I mean, the neurodiversity of kids, I mean, people think, um, why are they acting this way? Are they doing it because they don't like me? No, it's because their brain is not developed yet. Their executive function isn't
1: there yet. Right. And we often hear people say, you know, they're very immature. Yes. And you're right, because they are developing... 30 to 40% behind their peers. And so in those areas, yes, they are actually not mature in Mm -hmm. in the same way that their peers may be. So it makes sense that you would hear that statement. But now we understand that there's actual reasoning behind it. And it's not personal. It's not something they're doing intentionally. It really is part of their development. Um, And so I'm going to just hit the highlights for the seven areas. And again, as Natalie said, these typically develop in chronological order. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one being self-awareness. And I think about self-awareness and wow, I mean, just the word itself. I, I, am I self-aware? Are you self-aware? Uh, it depends it's on like, the day. What? It, you know, it's, it's simply put, it's self-directed attention. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that that's, that's where you start mm-hmm. at age two. And so, you know, you think about being behind in that area, it puts everything else behind. Yes. The second one being inhibition, self-restraint. That's huge. 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 Self-restraint. I mean, you know, put chocolate in front of me. <laughs> I was it's say. gone. Inhibition is gone. I, I, I'm grabbing it. I'm running. We had Thanksgiving
0: potluck yesterday. And let me tell you, going back for the extra desserts, it was really hard to
1: hold ourselves back.
0: Yeah, because it was happening. good
1: stuff. Three, nonverbal working memory. It's the ability to hold those things in your mind essentially visual imagery, right? How well can you picture things mentally? And if you think about things like at that air traffic controller, all of the things coming in at one time that your brain has to pick through and decide to attend to like, that Mm -hmm. is a lot. That's a lot. The next one, verbal working memory. So you're dealing with those imagery things coming in also dealing with that verbal working memory, self-speech, internal speech, Most people think uh, of this as their, like, inner monologue, what you would say to yourself, right? So you're trying to sift through all of these things, right? And then remember what you need to remember. I I mean, wow. I digress as I get older in all those areas, but that's not why we're here. Uh, Emotional (laughs) self-regulation is number five. Oh, how about that one? The ability to take the previous four functions, right, that we just talked about and use them to manipulate your own emotional state. So you have to think, if you have not developed in that order in the way that, say, your typical peers have, you're 30 to 40 percent behind Mm -hmm. that, of course, emotional self-regulation
0: falls behind. And that can help explain why some students just fall apart, seemingly over something simple, but it's not. No, it's huge. It's part
1: of this whole process that's going on in your brain that takes effect in a split second, but these are the results, you know, from them not developing in the way that your peers have been developing. And so the next one is self-motivation. How how well can you motivate yourself to complete a task, especially when there's no immediate external, we say consequence, but thing that's going to happen that's maybe even beneficial to you. Like a reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's huge. Like, I I mean, let's be honest. We all attend to things that we're far more interested in. Oh, yeah. But if we don't struggle from certain things in these executive skills, we are able to push through and push ourselves to know that we have to do it. And somehow we find that motivation. But if we're behind in all those other areas. And that
0: explains a lot of the older, younger, like the, the teenagers that we work with that they are teachers say they're unmotivated
1: yes. and they can't get started. And, and that could be a lack of executive function. Yeah. And, and really dialing in on that and getting, that's why it's so important that you have that relationship with your kids, you know, your kids. Um, and this last one, planning and problem solving. We hear a lot, um, you know, before COVID, yes, but especially during and after COVID that we have, we have a lot of students who really struggle with planning And problem solving, being to really talk through, work through, and see what the options are. And, you know, here we go. It's part of executive functioning. Um, It's how you take that information in your mind and come up with ways to make Mm -hmm. things work and being okay with failing. And if you can't regulate your emotions, then failing sometimes. Brings up a lot of really challenging emotions. Yeah. And so all of these things play on each other. So it's so critical to really know all of the executive function pieces. Age 30 for that Uh, last one. Absolutely. Mind blowing. Absolutely.
0: This, this really helps me better understand young people and and young adults even. Um, But I mean, I think you guys can all agree that based on these areas that this impacts school significantly Education in general is directly impacted by executive function. And knowing that these skills aren't going to be fully developed in a typical student until age 30, yes. there, are, there are areas to work with. And this is not just impacting students. This is impacting teachers. You think about young teachers and other young professionals that may be having a hard time with that, that self-motivation and planning and problem solving. And how can we cultivate that executive function to make sure that we're all kind of, just working towards, um, our goals.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's, I think it's critical for every educator and, and family and parents and to really understand what these skills are. Um, and, and that you are not born with executive functioning skills. I, I can't mm. say that enough. You are not born with these skills, right? They develop learning, practicing, teaching executive functioning is, is something that over time you're going to develop, right? So it's critical that we realize, you know, people aren't, these kids are not going to show up in our classroom ready to go with these. It's not an innate skill. Part of our work is really developing these, right? We've got Mm. to put things in place that really help push them forward, especially those kids who are, you know, neurodiverse, who need that extra help. So we have to always keep that in mind. Um, I think it's so important to also know that executive functioning is a more accurate predictor of success than test scores, than IQ, or socioeconomic status. Wow. Like, let that sink in. Well, as a school psychologist who, who gives IQ
0: tests, I mean, that that's mind-blowing. And that should hopefully be ringing
1: the alarm bell to professionals everywhere. Absolutely. And I, mean, I think it's important to really keep that in mind and, and why it's important to always kind of have this at the forefront for really all students, but really, you know, you know, you have those, those students in your class who, whether they have ADHD or whatever it might be, who are really going to need you to dial in and focus in on these skills and developing these skills.
0: Because you can, you can absolutely. This is a skill that you can build. This is a skill that can be taught. Um, So we could go on all day just talking about executive function, but we also want to give you guys strategies. Um, to help you teach executive functioning in the classroom. Um, so one of the first ones that we found is just teaching common language and identifying strengths and areas of need in your students or your staff, if you're a a teacher leader or an administrator. So define and discuss what executive functions are kind of like what we just did. Yeah. Don't, don't hide it. It's not a secret. No, (laughs) your kids should know this. It should be common language. Um, Identify the strengths and the areas of need with your students so then you know who is really good at this and what do they do differently. Maybe they can help coach and work with another person that has that as an area of need and vice versa. Um, encourage that open exploration and communication about the strengths and needs. Use that language about executive functioning in your classroom daily. Post it up on the wall. make it visual. Um, And really just embed it into everything that you do. Okay. And your instruction and your content, when you do projects, talk about the planning and why you're doing the planning, time management, all that stuff can be taught and embedded.
1: Yeah, It's critical that this is something that is just part of what you do every day. Right. Oh, it's yeah. just part of what you do. We talk about social emotional learning, but executive functioning really is at the heart of that. Like you have to be able to do these things and work through these things, regulate your emotions. So this is all part of that. This is all part of that. And next, like setting up that just supportive classroom that openly encourages that you use strategies to help you. Yes. If you're weak, like you said, if you're not weak, if you if you just aren't as strong as somebody else, that you are encouraged to go use this resource or use this strategy or connect with that peer that really helps you. That it is part of your, just that culture that's in that classroom, that you have spaces and activities that are targeted specifically to those um, executive function uh, areas of need that you have in the classroom. Um, You teach your students how to use them, how to access them. Um, That's part of them being able to then self monitor Mm -hmm. and see their own Mm -hmm. growth which, you know, for our older students, that's really critical that they feel like they can take this over. We want them to become independent and know what works for them and match them with the activities that best meet their area of need, right? It's just, and then they know it and it's a skill they take with them for life because, you know, if you really struggle in those areas, it doesn't matter, you know, what career or job you go into, you're going to need that. You're going to need that.
0: I think it's really important to, to tie the why behind teaching executive functioning as well, because we all learn new skills all the time, but if we're just told to learn something for the sake of learning it, we're not going to have the same buy-in as you may have with knowing that this is going to help you plan your finances as when you're older and organize Absolutely. your life. Um, also for the third strategy, it's teaching self advocacy skills so students can learn to function independently. It's kind of what I was just talking about. Um, You need to have those posters on the wall in the classroom. You can have students go and stand by a poster that speaks about their executive function and they can present to their peers about it. Um, Just set up a timer um, and they can speak for about 15 minutes. You can ask them to write or draw or talk about everything they do that helps them excel in the skill that you're focusing on. Um, In another session or lesson, you can have students, um, also talk about their area of need, not just their strength. You could have students pick a strategy listed on the poster to, that they want to try that day. And they could also have their peers try that skill that day. Um, keep those posters up. You know, when we talked about Absolutely. visuals, keep them up year round and refer back to them. Tie it into all your lessons. And then you already have the visuals up there that the students made themselves.
1: Absolutely. Um, Get them actively involved. Have them be a part of this. This is just natural conversation. They now understand what they need. They're able to transition into that next grade, that next level, that next part of life, post-secondary, knowing what the skills are and what they need to be able to um, be strong in those areas.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't really know about executive functioning until graduate school. And it made so much sense because I always considered myself a procrastinator. And now I know that task initiation was a weakness or an area of need for me, but task completion was a strength. Right. There you go. And I had people in my cohort, they were the opposite. And, you know, to kind of see how we all function and differently, it really helped me understand how it
1: impacted my day to day. Yeah. So we, we really encourage you to really dig into these and understand these. We're going to put all these links that we, we were talking from in our uh, show notes today. And we hope this was helpful. We, we can't say enough about how important it is that you start to use this language and start to really hone in on these skills in your classrooms.
0: Absolutely. You can teach these and they are worth it.
1: All right. And to wrap up, I want to finish with this quote. I feel like it really kind of just says it all. Teaching executive functioning skills too much is almost enough. Mm. I mean, let it sink in. (laughs) Kids are going to need a lot of practice, a lot of practice. So teaching them too much is almost enough. Almost, Yeah. So, There you go. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we hope this has given you a resource tool or idea that you can easily use and share. You can find the show notes on our
0: website at ttac.vt.edu where all the resources discussed are linked. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, abc123 at ttac.vt.edu backslash index backslash abc123.html. Thank you.